Well, before we uh, dive into the our study today, I just I was thinking while we were worshiping together, I just had the thought. Um, give me one second. I had the thought that really already today is marked by some victory because I'm guessing that at least some of you, maybe uh, a number of you struggled today. Should I sh show up to church? Should I not show up to church? Here's why it'd be easier to just stay in bed or hang out. Or did it, can anybody relate to that? Probably having some struggles. Yeah, I, I know a few. And uh, so I just want to say, one, praise God for victory because you stood up and said no to your flesh and yes to God. And I believe God will use in your life but even if you're like well i didn't even get anything out of it here i did that i can guarantee you the fact that you're here is a blessing to other people because sometimes just being here and having other people around is an encouragement to them so trust that god used your obedience and so there is victory even though uh, maybe it's something as small as just getting to church that there's victory there because you denied your flesh and said yes to God. And so that's, that's a praise. That's something we want to say thank you to God for that. We can have those kind of victories. So thank you for being obedient, for being here. Um, I do ask that God would uh, bless you for your obedience. So we've been uh, on our anger and anxiety. I'm going to try and speed through a little bit of a review. Uh, and then we're going to focus in today primarily on the idea of forgiveness and confrontation. And so what I want to do, though, is just take a big step back as we begin to uh, review a little bit and just say, if you really look at God's plan for us as believers, one, it's to save us, to justify us, to make us new. And then from there is to grow us or to set us free. We call that the big fancy Bible term is sanctification. So God doesn't want to just get us to heaven. He also, he wants to save us, make us new, forgive us, cleanse us, fill us with righteousness, and then have us walk that out to become sanctified. And part of the reason he does that, you ever kind of wonder, why doesn't God just, I say, I believe in Christ and him beam me up and I'm just gone out of this messy old world. It's because he wants to use us down here on earth and to showcase himself and his son through us. So he wants to shine through us. He wants to glorify himself through our lives a lot of times that glorification or magnification as we're transformed is seen in us having victory over things like anger and anxiety right so god's plans for us are hindered when we're controlled by anger and or anxiety how well is christ shining through you when you're in your fit of rage not so good right it's kind of like you squeeze the nozzle shut on uh the light that should be shining out of us or when you're maybe it's not even a fit of rage maybe it's just this low bubbling anger and these little snide comments that just kind of happen to leak out right is god being glorified is are you shining for christ no or if you're just tied up in knots and worried we're not shining christ so i just want to take a step back and say this this topic isn't just to make us feel better, but learning how to handle anger and anxiety God's way is very important because it's vital to God's plan uh, being accomplished through us. Does that make sense? It's more than just 
boy, thank goodness I don't have to be so angry all the time. But it's more that God wants to use you as a beacon of light, a beacon of hope, a beacon of transformation. And through when we are caught and controlled by things like anger and anxiety, that's not happening. A couple of verses just to remind you, it says it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Christ set us free so that we could be free. This is talking specifically about legalism in this passage. He doesn't want us to be slaves of legalism, churchiness. He doesn't want us to be slaves of anger. He doesn't want us to be slaves of anxiety. He doesn't want us to be slaves of any kind of medication or any, right, or greediness. He wants us to be set free. And so we can stand in that. And so as we talk about anger and how to handle it righteously, part of that is so that we can live free. No one here wants to live as a slave to anything or anybody. Matthew 5, 16 says, Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And we talked about this, really. The idea is that we are supposed to display, we ourselves are supposed to be, you know, salt and light. You've heard that? We are supposed to be the brightness and flavor of Christ in this world. And we are here to give God a good reputation, if that makes sense. In other words, the way that we live is to exalt and make people think, wow, God is awesome. <laughs> Look what he did in so-and-so's life. Look how he's changed this person. And so as we live transformed, as we live set free from these things, we are accomplishing God's plan. So this is important stuff. It's not just help me have a better life. It's help me accomplish the plan that god got a hold of me for you with me questions comments thoughts y'all agree right all right what oh they are oh good good um get rid of all bitterness rage anger harsh words slander as well as all types of evil behavior this is obvious we could go through and just spend all morning just looking at verses that talk about these kind of things that god wants us to live free from these things instead of enslaved to them so what are some keys to handling anger God's way? Does anybody, we've went over a few of them for a few weeks in a row. Can anybody remember a couple principles or ideas? Let me just ask you this. Has this come to mind at all through the weeks when you've started to feel maybe the bubbling of some feelings come up a couple? Okay, good. Not just me. Good. In fact, I'll, I'll rat on myself here. I was getting frustrated with Carly the other night and saying something and she goes, you know what's going through my head? Because I'm just a substitute right now. You're not even really mad at me. I'm like, <laughs> you're wrong. I am mad at you. I'm even more mad at you now. No, I didn't. I was like, I'm like, I hate to admit it, but you're right. You're right. Um, yeah, it's kind of fun when your wife can use the sermon stuff against you. like that. Um, so what, what are some principles? So I just say that to say it's, this stuff's been coming up for me too. What's that? Guarding our thoughts. Good. Any other? Oh boy. Maybe let's start off. Yeah. So one of the one of the really practical things we we said one of the practical keys is learning to let things go. Sometimes that's not always the the way to handle anger, but in God's word, there are certain times we're supposed to just let stuff go. We don't have to major on minor things. Good. The fruits of the spirit, right? 
So uh, the fruits of the spirit uh, are supposed to be displayed through us. In fact, I think I had that verse up last. Well, we looked at it. I had it up a couple of weeks ago. Um, deal with our anger correctly and deal with it quickly. Be angry and do not sin. So we're going to have anger. That emotion flares up, but we can handle it correctly. So one of the principles is I don't have to sin. I can handle it correctly. Another principle in there is deal with it quickly. Don't let it fester. Don't brush it off. You might not get it all solved and all figured out, but at least begin dealing with it. So deal with it correctly. Deal with it quickly. Slow down. Part of dealing with it quickly is slowing down. Uh, as I was teaching, uh, used to teach high school, and they taught us, they would go through and give us like teaching tips at these little seminar things we'd go to. And uh, one of the teachers would always say, go slow so you can go fast. And I thought, well, that, that makes a lot of sense. And the whole idea was, as you begin to lay this groundwork and you take your time and then everybody understands what's going on, then pretty soon you can go a lot faster once they understand how it works. Well, and, you know, we talk about handling anger quickly. Part of that is learning to just slow down in the moment, right? Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Sometimes we just need to do that count to 10 thing because otherwise, if we just go with our gut, we're not going to handle it correctly, are we? The words have already been said. Uh, we've already burned the bridge. We've already done those things. So part of it is just slow down. You sense those feelings. You go, I don't need to, re I don't need to react here. I want to respond God's way. We kind of talked about this with that and just talking about the fact of, you know, sometimes we can have a sinful reaction and then we just walk in it and justify it. And then sometimes we have that sinful reaction, anger flares up, outburst, or we start getting bitter, and then uh, we handle it wrong. And then a little while later, we, we get convicted and we go back and make it right. The goal is that we would have the incident and immediately have a realization of, whoa, 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 whoa. This is where usually where I go sour and handle it wrong. This time I want to handle it in obedience to God. Okay. So some of that would be considering the reason and considering response. Why are you angry? Is it a selfishness? Is it rooted in selfishness? Is it rooted in insecurity? Is it rooted in hurt? What is, what, why am I so angry about this right now? Is it because I think the world of myself and somebody just kind of put me in my place? Is it because I think I own the freeway and that everybody should be driving on the freeway the way that I've established the way that drivers should drive and I'm the ultimate authority on driving? Why am I angry? Am I angry because somebody's gone against God's ways and hurt somebody I love? We begin to, once you understand why am I angry, you can begin what is the right response to this. It may be, get over yourself, Rich. That's the right response. You don't own the freeway and everybody doesn't need to drive the way you think they should. The right response may be, I need to go talk to this brother or this sister because they've done something very harmful to someone I care about. Okay. Does this make sense? All right. We talked about, and uh, Rob remembered, let it go. We talked about lovingly communicating. And then last week we talked a little bit about forgiving and confronting. So I want to take, uh, if you want these verses on let it go, we can go back and you can get them from me some other time. We've gone on over a couple of weeks. Lovingly communicate. Same thing. We can go over that. 
one-on-one, uh, -on -one, or if you want, I can just give you the verses. Forgiving. We all live in this broken down world. We sin against others, others sin against us. So in one of the necessary things is going to be learning to forgive. And if you don't learn to forgive, the kind of anger you will be dealing with will be bitterness and resentment. And it may come out in a, in a fury, or it may just kind of low simmer for a long time and just leak out in statements, in a hardened heart, in damaged relationships. But if you do not forgive, anger will get the best of you. It will turn into resentment and bitterness, and you will not be shining for Jesus Christ. Even if you don't freak out and explode, your light will be hindered. Okay. Um, forgiveness doesn't mean that we ignore sin. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, and, and so as we talked, you know, it's not ignoring, disregarding, or tolerating, using, overlooking. That is not necessarily forgiveness. It's not just going, I'm going to sweep it under the rug. Forgiveness is an actual choice. It's not a feeling. It's a decision to release my offender to God, to hand the person the hurts they caused me, as well as punishment over to God. Uh, we talked about this last week, courtroom forgiveness. This is between God and I. It says in that verse, if you have something against someone while you're praying, forgive them. That, that's an interaction, a transaction between God and I. That, can, that doesn't require me to go confront them or talk to them or any of those things. Um, and I believe that this is a vital first step. And if you say, well, I just have, uh, we said last week, it's not biblical to say, I can't forgive so-and-so. It may feel that way. And I totally understand that. But according to God's word, as believers, we've been given the ability to forgive. It may be a process. You may need someone to kind of help walk you through it or to teach you, but forgiveness is possible. And this is a very important first step. And we talked about it's like signing a title over. Do you remember that? We talked about that. It's a transaction. You say, God, I sign this over to you. And you may not feel like you signed that title over in two days. You want to hop back in your car. You want to get mad at whoever painted it the other color. And you have to go back and go like, oh yeah, I made a transaction there, a legal decision. And I handed them over to God on such and such a date. Sometimes that's a good thing to maybe even write in your Bible or a journal or something like that so that you can go back to it when you get all those feelings come back up and you go, oh no, I made a decision to release them to God. Um, in order for a relationship to be restored, many times the offender will need to be confronted and then will need to demonstrate repentance. And this is kind of what we would call family room forgiveness. A lot of times this, for example, if Evie lied to me, and uh, so there would need to be some forgiveness there. And, and I said, Evie, you lied. I caught you in a bold-faced lie here. And this is how that affects me. And she could say, well, I wouldn't have to lie if you weren't so... Right? She could do that. And is our fellowship going to be restored? No. But if she repents and says, you're right. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have lied like that. I could continue loving her the other way, but we're not going to feel all warm and cozy. Right? But if she says that was wrong. I shouldn't have lied. And our, our relationship's important. I'm going to make sure not to do that anymore. That relationship can be restored. And that's a, a kind of 
family room forgiveness, where there's a confrontation about the sin and addressing the actual sin issue and a repentance for it. Make sense? The other one is just me going, God, I'm releasing this person to you. I want to take some time and read through these verses. Um, and then I'll just go through a couple more practical tips if you have a hard time with this whole forgiveness thing. A couple steps you could take that may kind of crack the door open for you or help put kind of something concrete to it instead of just this weird foggy forgiveness idea. But I want to read through the verses. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, that could be huge sin, it could be small sin, it could be against anyone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. So if you want a good fellowship or connection with God, it's important for you to be forgiving other people. Let our bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another. This is part of the verse we looked at, but we didn't look at this other part. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Another very practical uh, tip, biblical tip for forgiving is begin to look at how much you've been forgiven by God. Do you deserve to be forgiven? Is it because you're so awesome? Is it because your things you did wrong really aren't that bad? No, we begin to understand that God showed his grace and mercy and kindness and was tender hearted towards us and chose to forgive us. And that's the basis by which we're going to forgive others. And as we begin to do that, can you see where it begins to just take the power and extinguish anger that may be burning in our hearts? And we begin to go, that person sinned horribly against me. But you know what? I've sinned horribly against God, and I've sinned against God, and I've sinned against God, and he's forgiven me, and he's forgiven me, and he's forgiven me. The anger begins to diminish, and an open heart towards forgiveness begins to start growing. The doors cracked wider and wider and our willingness to forgive somebody that comes with this humility and realizing that I am also an offender and I've been forgiven. And if God could forgive me, then I, of all people, a dirty, rotten sinner should be able to forgive another dirty, rotten sinner. Make sense. We're not ultimately all dirty, rotten sinners. We're saints because we've been made new. But you get the idea of what I'm saying is we're not saints because we're so great. We're saints because Jesus Christ is great. Make sense? Colossians 3.13, bear with each other. Put up with one another. Do you ever feel like you're just putting up with people? Sometimes. That's biblical. And forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, and this, this one can, can catch us, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times, Jesus answered. Uh, up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. 77 times. So the idea here is, a lot of us can kind of go, well, this is a third time. Three strikes, you're out. That's not the kind of forgiveness that God shows us. And that's not the kind of forgiveness we're to show one another. Is this easy to do? Not really. It's, it's easy to do with maybe a small infraction, right? 
oh, I can forgive you. Yeah, you erased the, you know, my recordings that I had on the TV. I forgive you. Not a big deal. And get to work trying to figure out how to get them up. But if somebody did something horrible to us, maybe many years back, that's had so many ripple effects in our lives, it's affected us in a great way. And it's been something that would be traumatizing. It's caused us so much heartache and broken our heart. Are we still called to forgive? Yes, but it doesn't mean it's going to necessarily be easy, but it is possible. So some of this is from a, a victorious Christian living. And I'm not going to take a lot of time on this, but I want to give some practical uh, tips on this. So here you have a person in the cage and in a jail cell, and they're, they're living as slaves to anger, slander, rage, spite, bitterness, uh, quarreling, silence. They, they're living in this cage. But if you notice, if the person has keys. They don't have to live as a slave. They don't have to live as a prisoner. And I will say that if you are not forgiving somebody, you are the one who's living in a cage. It's not necessarily them. You're the one who is being imprisoned by these things. You're the one who's probably obsessing thoughts and you're living as a slave to bitterness or rage. So the idea is we don't have to do that. Uh, and then I'll just say, uh, the offender should ask forgiveness from me, but may never do so. So ultimately they should come and they should repent and say, hey, I did this wrong against you. I wanna make this right. But that doesn't necessarily always happen. And so we need to initiate that forgiveness. And it, that would start here between me and God. And I would say, if you're not, if you're so deep in bitterness or hurt or anger or frustration, I would say this, a good beginning prayer is, Lord, please make me willing to forgive this person. I'm going to start taking the steps. Right now, I don't even feel willing but I want to be willing. God honors those prayers and he will begin to soften your heart. And sometimes that's what has to happen is God has to do a miracle in our heart. So when we choose to extend forgiveness, we can, uh, we use the steps, which I'll talk about. Uh, I'm set free from the prison. And now the truth about me can be seen and realized. So the keys, here are a few keys. And I'm going to say them a few things more simple and then I'll read through this. If you're like, I don't even know where to start. This just sounds like a bunch of Christian-y mishmash. I'm not sure what to do. I would say this, write down the offense. What did the person do wrong to you? It might be three or four or five things. Write that down. And if you're thinking about this, can you think right now of a couple of things that somebody did wrong against you? They sin against you. We're not making it up. We're not downplaying it. We're not trying to say, well, it wasn't that bad. We're not trying to say, well, you know, they had a good reason. Just call it for what it is. They sinned against you. So you write that down. You write down the, how would I say this? The emotional damage that that caused. Whatever the offense was, it might've been humiliating might've been something that was uh, humiliating. It might've been something that was traumatizing. It might've been something that um, caused you to uh, react in your own sinful ways. Uh, 
but there there's some kind of how did it make you feel what was the emotional cost of that and you begin to write that down my mom abandoned me that's the offense how did that make me feel i felt like a worthless piece of garbage most of my life because my mom didn't even care about me i felt this i felt stuck in life i felt embarrassed that when people asked about my mom i had to tell them can you begin to see how all of a sudden you begin to go okay i'm not just forgiving my mom for walking out on me when i'm not saying that about my mom i'm just using a generic example but i'm sharing uh, i begin to realize i need to forgive for all those other parts of that does that make sense and then lastly you might add another thing so what's the offense what were the emotional ramifications of that offense and then what were the other ripple effects of that offense and maybe it was we struggled financially or i, I um had to you know go into a, a, a group home where i was molested or whatever it may be the ripple other ripple effects and you begin to put all that together and then that's the list you're going this is what I need to forgive. This is what I need to release to God. This is what I need to hand over and say, God, this is all your problem to deal with. Can you see where that's a little bit different than just trying to throw this blanket? Like, I forgive. And you begin to see the gravity and you go, okay, God, help me to be willing. So does that make some sense? That's some kind of some practical concrete tools. So when I admit to God, how I felt regarding this offense, I admit to God, I've been holding that person guilty for the act, the hurt, the ramifications, those three things we just said. I now extend or freely give my forgiveness to the person for that action, my hurt and ramifications of the action, all those three categories. This forgiveness is extending grace to the offender as Christ extended grace to me. So you begin to hand that over to God and you say, I'm signing this over to you. This is all your problem now, God instead of me staying heart of heart or making them pay by my silence or making them pay by gossiping about them and bad-mouthing them forever, I'm now handing it over to you. I now put the offender into God's hands and let it go. I will allow God to work in this person's life in his time. I now name and confess, agree with God that my sinful reactions and attitudes, including holding the offender guilty, were wrong. And I ask God to show me areas of Godship and repent. This can be a tough one because you're thinking, what am I admitting I did wrong? I just got done telling you all the stuff that happened when my mom walked out on me. But if you've been holding a bitterness in your heart and hardening your heart, then that is your sin to deal with. And so that part needs to be owned up to and say, this happened to me and I've handled it wrong. And the way I've handled it is sinful. So we confess our own sin. I choose to live as a new creation that I am. This means I accept that God has forgiven me and I lay aside my fleshly reactions. And I tell God I'm willing to be reconciled to the offender and allow him to love the offender through me. That would look a lot of different ways depending on what the offense was. And so it doesn't mean you necessarily rush back and go, oh, we're going to end up uh, living together again after you've beat me and done this and done that. It doesn't, there's would be some other steps of wisdom involved in that. Does this make some sense? Does this put a little bit of meat on the bones of forgiveness, a practical step to maybe be able to, to take? Any, this 
topic is deep and wide it's in scripture deep and wide and so i don't want to make it sound trivial or easy or simplistic um sometimes it's helpful to walk through and talk through these things with somebody um and so i mean i would make myself available to that or could, could maybe help get you connected with somebody else that would do that but with that is there any questions comments thoughts that anyone wants to share Yeah, I, I will say amen to that. And, and there is our faith and trust in Christ. So much of it revolves around this concept of forgiveness in our relationship with him. And it is supposed to be then acted out by us. Uh, but let me just kind of echo that. If this seems impossible, humanly speaking, I believe that it's it's not really truly possible to the depth that God wants it to happen. It is something spiritual. And so I would say just realize that God can do it and ask him to do it. And it may be a process that is kind of like a bumpy road <laughs> headway. Then you two one step forward, two steps back, two steps forward, one step back. But it's I believe it's vital for us as believers to walk down this when God puts something on our mind, something on our heart to say, here's a need for forgiveness. And for us to ignore that is going to hinder our walk with him, our enjoyment and our ability to live full and free lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, excellent. Thank you very much. And I will say sometimes it will all of us, sometimes it happens in a flash and there's this miraculous like, wow, how has that all just been released in my heart? Like, I don't have that there anymore. Other times you kind of do the legwork and you do the, take the steps and do it, be as obedient. And it's this still raging fire in your heart. Every time you start thinking about it, you can tell like I haven't. And I personally would say my experience has been more doing the legwork. And then all of a sudden realizing like a year or two down, like, wow, somehow that doesn't carry the weight it used to. I do feel love towards that person or compassion towards that person. Only God could have done that. And I, sometimes I'm not even sure where it happened. It wasn't this big uh, flash of lightning. And I just feel like I got set free. It was just doing the legwork, being obedient, and then kind of just continuing to walk with God as I could. And then realize down the road, he set me free without me even really realizing it. Has that been anybody else's experience? Maybe a couple people. Okay. Um, anything else on forgiveness? Yeah, because you're either going to be living like this yeah. or like this. Yeah. And who wants to live like this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Go ahead. No, in my life, in my experience, this is something I've really had to practice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, and, and I feel like the more that you walk in that, the easier it is to kind of practice that. Uh, so, yeah, I, and I will say this, if you're kind of thinking, yeah, right, uh, let me just say, if you're not willing to go here, you are living enslaved in a life that God doesn't want you to live in. So if for no other reason, go, God wants to set me free from this. He doesn't want me to keep living like this. I'm thinking I've got them on the hook for this, but really I'm the one on the hook here. And I wanna be set free. I don't wanna be on the hook anymore. I wanna be set free. Okay, one more thing we talked about, uh, letting it go is one really practical thing you can do. Lovingly communicate, hey, could please quit putting the dishes inside the sink, it's driving me crazy. Uh, and just lovingly communicate about things instead of just stuffing it and getting angry. Three, we can forgive. Um, and we spent some time on that. Another simple thing we can do is we can confront. 
doesn't always need to be our first move. You know, you know those people, they're gonna confront you over every little thing. They wanna make a international case out of everything. We don't wanna be those people. Um, but often we need to, to address issues in order to, to handle our anger righteously. God doesn't want it just to stay in. He wants to help other people grow. A couple of things to remember is it's always to be done in love and humility, right? It's not uh, rage and anger and getting back and trying to make them uh, walk the way we think they should walk. It's out of a concern for them and with humility. There's a difference between confronting sin and communicating about our preferences. So when we confront, we typically want to address sin issues, not just our preferences. I really don't think you should be wearing your hair like that. It drives me crazy. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's, it looks horrible or whatever. We have this little crazy preference thing we're trying to confront somebody on. We save the confrontation for sin issues. And the goal of confrontation is restoration is not just personal venting so i don't confront sin because i needed to get this off my chest i confront sin because i want to see that person uh made whole or be able to change or be transformed is for them couple verses couple verses look at that it's like micro writing um <laughs> it looks bigger on here um so let me just go matthew 18 Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Doesn't say go gossip. Go ask five people their opinion about it. If someone sins against you, you go talk to them. Tim, what you said to me out in the parking lot the other day uh, was, was wrong. I think it, you know, it was very hurtful. That didn't happen, but just give an example. Yeah, so I come to, I come to him. I don't go like, Hey, let me just bounce this off you. You know what Tim said to me? I couldn't believe he said this. Have you, have you had any trouble with him like that? No, you just go to your brother. You talk to them uh, about that sin. It says, if he will not hear it, take with you one or two more. So Tim's like, I meant every word, cram it in your ear. And so I grab a couple other guys. I'm like, guys, you know, will you come talk to me? Uh, talk to Tim with me. Um, and it says, uh, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear it, then tell it to the church. We, I went and talked to Tim. A couple guys went and talked to Tim. Tim's not really listening to us. Let's address this as a church. Then it says, if he refuses to hear it, let him be uh, to you like a heathen and a tax collector. And the idea is that basically then you go, we're going to have to end fellowship here, buddy, till you get this taken care of. We love you but you're being hard-headed and everyone's addressing the sin issue. Is this something you want to do lightly? No. So this is the kind of stuff you try to forgive, you talk about, you maybe give some guidance. This isn't something you want to just jump right into this with them. And I'll just say this last verse. Well, let me do Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, sin, you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness considering yourself, lest you also be tempted, bear with one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The idea here is if someone's sinning, you want to be part of the solution to help them, not bash them. You, there's a confrontation. You address that sin, but you're addressing it and saying, I'm going to come alongside you, Tim. The way you were talking was wrong. Is there something going on? Is there a way I could help you? Are you upset about something? And I come alongside to help 
in that. So can you begin to see where this would remedy our anger situation if we start looking at helping each other instead of just clicking off the list of things they've done wrong, being bitter and gossiping about them? When we handle it God's way, there's healing where there would be hurt. Matthew 7 talks about get the get the log out of your own eye before you go picking specks out of other people's eyes. And so if we're going to go confront people's sin, we need to realize, hey, I probably got a lot of stuff to work on myself rather than nitpick people. Thoughts, comments, questions? One more. Go ahead. Yeah, it says if your brother sins against you, and that's not talking about blood relative there, that would be one of uh, the faith. Yeah. All right. I'm going to pray one more time, and I'm going to have Jordan come up, and then we'll sing, and uh, I'll give us a final thought to close with. Father, we thank you for the fact that we can walk free. Thank you that you can shine through us. Uh, that, that we can be lights. And there are so many things in this world, Father, that feels like it wants to just squeeze the light out of us, uh, hinder and darken the light in our lives. And we just ad admit and acknowledge that you have supernatural power. You've already done supernatural things. I pray that you would connect uh, that reality in our hearts for us, that we would be really trusting you, whether it's through taking a bold step of confronting sin or just being willing to let it go, or that we would uh, need to forgive and not even sure what that might look like, but that you would be working in each person here, Father, and that you would transform us. And we thank you that we have the spirit that can do that work. We love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.